Look how you're standing. I mean, drop your hands. Okay, now uh, stick your hip in. All right, now move your feet apart. Okay. Guys, take up space. All right, now you gotta look tougher. Very crucial. Something every guy does. Let me see you scratch your balls. Hey, come on, try it. Wait a minute. Watch the master. Now, first, there's your basic shift. <sighs> but that's not always enough. Sometimes you gotta get inside, dig a little, let some air in, move things around. Yeah, well, maybe my balls don't itch. All balls itch, it's a fact. Can't you hear what you're saying? Aren't you a little embarrassed? Nope, I'm horny. Horny will kick embarrassment's ass every time. Hello? Hey, yo, scumbag. You suck your own. Eat me. The same to you, butt face. Mom says hi. What did you do to your hair? Oh, I cut it. Isn't it cute? Cute, it's gone. Look, what a fox. Dresses like Elvis Costello. Looks like the karate kid. I'm gonna get him. <laughs> Just like a couple of guys, you know? You know how she worships your rippling muscles in your hairy chest. Terry's such a stallion. Go on. Show me Harry chest. Is it human? Unknown. It seems to be some sort of carbon-based douchebag. <laughs> he knew how to fix my earring. That's because he's a little tulip. Deep down, he's insecure. Yeah, well, up front, he's an ass. Getting real bored watching you push people around. Yeah, we'll stick around, because it's going to get real exciting. You know, Terry was right. You are an ass. That ass called me an ass. Oh, now you want to beat him up, too, right? It's OK, everybody. It's all right. He has tits. Whoa. 9.15 already. Well, gotta go. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. How's everybody doing today? And uh, I have with me the one, the only, the person that I have done the most podcasts with ever. That's my buddy, America's co-host, Jameson. What is up, my bro? What's up, Mike? What's up, STL Nation? Great to have you back, sir. It's been a while, man. Yeah, man. It is good to be back. I'm having one fun day because this is the first time in my life that I've recorded more than one podcast in the same day, man. And and it just worked out. You're like, dude, I am free today. I'm going to not be podcasting for a while because I'm busy. Let's do this. So I was off for it, man. It's good times. My wife said, this is your shot. Do whatever you want to do. I'm going to go record. I just hope my voice holds out. Let's do it. Yeah, she just responded to one of my posts because uh, on the last Underground Hour, not the one the one before Lincoln Park, I had guests that are named that tune, and your wife instantly knew it. It was the first yes. time she listened to Underground Hour, and she's like, that's satisfaction. She got it right, and it was awesome. Man. It was good yep. times. So uh, how are you doing since the last time I talked to you 20 minutes ago? (laughs) (laughs) Things are good. I had some chips, um, drinking this banana colada drink. It's pretty sweet. Awesome. Well, if you want to hear part one of our conversation, head over to Changing Channels podcast when we discuss, dissect, and had an epic episode on the Big Bang Theory. And if you don't like that show, who cares? Listen to it anyway. That's right. Good times. Well, sir. 
today is uh, on the road to 100, just like the road to WrestleMania. I love it. It's uh, just one of the guys. This was the one that won the uh, the, the poll, you know, because House Party was going to be this episode, but I just wasn't feeling it. Nobody was sending in emails. Nobody really cared. And then I was like, Hey, I sent you an email. Yeah, but it was about other things. <laughs> And I was like, man, I might as well just put a vote up. And um, all the votes pretty much went to this flick. A few went to Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, no th- nothing went to The Day After Tomorrow. I was like, wow, I thought people liked that movie. But uh, your wife even voted for this movie. So yep. that was pretty cool. So it, uh, I was going to record this a few weeks ago. But uh, crap has happened. Uh, this, the refund from the IRS still hasn't come. And, you know, I kind of talked about this on the Lincoln Park episode. You've been busy 18 hours, 20 hours a day yep. shoveling snow. And <laughs> and uh, you're going to be luckily having, not shoveling it. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Pushing it with your with your big truck, you know. And uh, I'm just glad, you know, things have worked out and I can finally get this episode. And after this one, roll into the Lethal Weapon series, man. Yeah. It's about time. Now, you, sir. Uh, you're going to be busy for a little while because you're about ready to have a, a baby, a good little yeah. girl, anytime little soon. Little girl. So yep. the next time the nation hears you will be on the uh, Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 episode. So yeah. looking forward to it. I mean, maybe you might be on Rocky 1 and 2, but for sure you're like, dude, if you don't have me on 3 and 4, I'm going to blow up your house. That's Yeah, that's a, pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, so I took your threat seriously, and I Smart will oblige. So. Smart man. Well, sir, before we roll into our talk on just one of the guys, which, by the way, we're going to have to have like a, a, an advisory on this episode because I've never done a sexual movie before like uh-huh. this one. So it's going to be new territory for STL, I might add. And I'm gl- hey, they wanted it, man. They voted for it. You know what you're getting. I know. It's true. So, uh, But do you want to roll into uh, some movie and music news, sir? Let's do it. All right. Don't call it a comeback. up sir movie news i know you've been off facebook for a little bit but uh, let's get to the newer stuff uh yesterday it was announced that jennifer lawrence aka the biggest actress on the face of the planet who if you watch the oscars won for best supporting actress best actress or best actress thank you i'm sorry um which man dude i got into a fight with my wife about dude Uh, all i cared about i don't care about the oscars too much I only cared about beating Danny on the Oscar challenge. So yeah. I only tuned in to see how I was doing. But my wife, her attitude is this. I don't need some stupid award show to tell me what I like and don't like. And she kind of feels force-fed when award shows come up, unless it's like something fun. But I told her, I mean, nothing was on. I didn't think she cared, but she got mad at me afterwards. But it's all good. Dang it, Mike. 
But uh, I beat Danny, so the the yelling was worth it. <laughs> so it's all good. Jason killed it, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, you did better. Normally you suck, and you did better. So I did. Yeah, I did better. <laughs> I didn't score 50. Why don't you tell the people why you always suck? Uh, I normally suck because I vote with my heart. Because I vote with who I want to win rather than who I think will win. And this year I kind of went a little more trying to get points than just voting with my heart. Good, good man. And and I did beat Danny two years in a row. So good. And congratulations, uh, Jason. I'm glad you almost got a perfect score, sir. Good times. Uh, but Jennifer Lawrence, who is an X-Men first class and will be part of the new X-Men flick, um, has decided and is excited that she's going to be wearing a bodysuit for the next movie. Because if you don't know, normally she's naked and they have to put all that stuff all over her body. And it takes a long time. And trying to peel that off especially in certain places, would hurt pretty bad. So I can see why she's excited about this bodysuit, sir. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What's your thoughts? <laughs> uh, let's see. You texted me this yesterday, I believe it was. It was. And, uh, yeah, my, my response, I think, was four words. Jennifer Lawrence bodysuit. I like it. <laughs> I love Jennifer Lawrence. I just, no, I think it's great. I, I'm really looking forward to the, the new X-Men First Class movie. We've we had a discussion with Jason about this on the last movie Mojo. Um, I'm excited for it, and I think Jennifer Lawrence is great. I, I don't think it. I think it's a, a fair decision. You know, I'm sure it'll look great. Um, I'm just excited for the movie. Yeah, I mean, body suits are essentially tight enough to where you can't really tell you're having a suit on, right? I mean, right. the way that they're going to do this. So that's how my body suits always are. Right. I mean, you don't leave the house without your exactly. So there you go. Um, okay, so very interesting news. Good old Megan Fox, I don't know how good old she is, <laughs> uh, has officially been cast in the Michael Bay reboot of Teenage Mutant Alien Turtles. Right. And uh, we all know that there's major bad blood between Megan Fox and Michael Bay from Transformers 2. And how do you feel about Megan Fox? coming back i mean I, I i hate this whole idea anyway of michael bay doing ninja turtles but yeah there's not much i like about this whole thing that's going on it feels to me like it's one big practical joke like this movie is not actually gonna happen it's just one big practical joke it, it's like with all the stuff that went on with michael bay and the announcements of what was gonna happen this it's gonna be aliens not mutants it's gonna be this and that that and and then the the then oh you know what I'm not even doing it now and then okay I am and then I guess what I got Megan Fox in this just anything to it seems like he's he's doing anything to piss off fanboys right to just make nobody want to watch this <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel real to me I hear you did you see the link I posted this morning uh no I didn't okay it was uh, the Dark Knight Turtle. And Nuke the Fridge, which is uh, an internet website, uh, has a lot of great movie uh, information. Usually they, they do a lot of scooping or giving you movie information first. They have a video of a parody of uh, a girl being uh, Megan Fox. Uh, uh, this takes place during the Dark Knight interrogation scene, so she's like Joker. And they're looking for Michael Bay. And for your Dark Knight, they have Raphael come in and beat her up. <laughs> saying where is Bay 
and she keeps telling him, well, he's going to make you into a CGI guy, and you're not going to be looking like this, and it's a pretty funny video. It's about four minutes. I, I posted it, and I titled it the, the Dark Knight Turtle, but if you go to nukethefridge.com, you can check out that parody. And it's, it's pretty funny. It actually, I really thought it was Megan Fox for a little bit. I was like, man, she really looks and sounds just like her. I was like, wow, she's in the joke. But then uh, later on, I was like, oh, that's clearly not her. So, but it was very funny. So, but I hear you, man. I, ugh, I don't care. So, <laughs> now I do want to talk to you about something we talk, kind of talked about a little bit. And you kind of joked about on Movie Mojo, but uh, I'm kind of seeing some good things. And... Uh, you guys kind of joked about The Rock going mm-hmm. into Channing Tatum territory. But Correct. keep in mind, he made a crap load of movies so he can come back to wrestling. Very smart decision. And then he's actually filming a reality show now. So, I mean, he's all over the place. But Snitch, even though February is usually your, your trash month, has been getting very good reviews based on his performance. They may say that the movie itself uh, is about a three, three and a half but that it's his best acting performance to date. And that's been almost every review that I've read. What, what are your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I've been reading the same reviews. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I have a hard time. I've been burned so many times, even this year, on movies that come out at this time of year that have that kind of look and that kind of feel. I feel like I've been baited with, with uh, trailers before into believing that it could be good and and um, Brian and I were talking uh, just offline the other day about about the February movie phenomenon January February and how many movies have been burning and over the last five six years I came up with two movies that were any good that I saw at this time of year that had that kind of look and it was the gray and book of Eli and outside of that there hasn't been a single movie that was action oriented that i really liked and uh so that's kind of where i'm uh, where i just yeah i'm nervous you know it's been burned a hundred times great choices by the way uh book of eli is amazing movie um i i think that's why i didn't see this one in the theater this is one i will watch i won't watch pain and game but i will watch this one which is why i didn't run out to the theater for this one the thing is is they said don't treat this as an action flick because it's not there's only like two action scenes this is really a drama so this reminds me of the gridiron gang movie which was sold as like an action drama this is really pretty much a drama but i do like the the reviews that are coming up for him because a lot of people are really recognizing you know because uh, obviously gi joe fast six he's not going to be stretching any sort of acting abilities but uh, it's nice to see He's getting some good publicity on a February flick. So, right. you know, so that is promising. And, and of course, this month, in a few weeks, we get uh, the year, you know, waited uh, on hold flick, G.I. Joe. And uh, the trailers haven't changed much from last year. No, they really haven't. They've added like two or three scenes of Channing Tatum, but that's it, man. Everything is pretty much the same as it was. In fact, I don't think I've actually seen 3D. Like G.I. Joe in 3D. Yeah, you mean the whole reason why they delayed the yeah. movie was... Yeah. <laughs> I really don't think... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm excited, man. Uh, I know how people are feeling about the whole Duke situation, but from what I read, the writers specifically said that they're taking this in a new direction, and the purpose was to have 
Roadblock be your main guy and do Roadblock Bruce Willis, you know, Adrian as your new, you know, your, your new people. So I know that's going to kind of disappoint you, sir, but maybe you'll like how it's played out in the movie, man. We'll see. I'll, I'm sure I'll see it. But uh, I think it's going to be fun. But uh, I, Fast 6, man, that's my most anticipated flick, man. I mean, Man of Steel, I definitely want to see, but oh, every single thing I see on Fast 6 is just great. Have you heard the new news, sir, in regards to... Uh... I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, man, this is going to be tough to talk about without spoiling anything. All right, let's just say that uh, Tokyo Drift will finally be uh, completed in the storyline. Right. Fast 7 takes place in the future. So all those who thought that Tokyo Drift was going to be out of the picture, that will be cleared up now. The thing is, is a lot of people like Han. I love Han. He's my third favorite character. So there's a lot of, well, Han dies. Let's just say after the credits, there's some good stuff that I've read. And I'm very excited about who the villain's going to be in number seven. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to announce it in case you have not read the article. But the person who is going to be the villain turned down the role in six. So he could have a role, the bigger role, in seven. And uh, me and you have talked about it offline, and we are pretty excited for that, sir. Yeah, if that's what happens, I think it's a pretty cool uh, development and really exciting for the, for the seventh one. In fact, I have read that a new set of trilogy is going to take place. That uh, five, six, and seven are one trilogy, and uh, they're going to be going all the way up to nine. Hmm. Four, five, and six, and then seven, eight, and nine. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the newest thing that I read. We'll see, see how that goes. But I didn't know if you knew that one. So. No. All right, man. Uh, let's talk about Chris Cooper as the Green Goblin in the new Amazing Spider-Man Two has been cast this week. What's your thoughts, sir? I love it. I love it. I really enjoy Chris Cooper. He is one of my favorite character actors when i see him in any movie i know that he's he's gonna carry his scene and he has a lot of secondary parts but um i really think it's a great choice um for this it, for this it's amazing spider-man it, it seems like their casting choices have been really spot on jamie fox one kind of has me worried um but i like this i like this as the green goblin i think it's gonna be good now, Shailene Woodley was cast as Mary Jane Watson. Uh, kind of an interesting choice. She's from The Descendants. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your thoughts on this one, man? I think she's a really good actress. I've liked her in everything I've seen her in. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that, that they do well with it. I really like the writing on the first Amazing Spider-Man. And so I think that's really going really gonna to help where... I mean, I don't think you can do much worse than Kirsten Dunst did. I really think she was terrible in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I have personal things where I really don't like her as an actress. Um, so I was never on board from the beginning. But um, I, I'm excited for it, man. I mean, I was really skeptical when James Garfield was announced as Peter Parker. But after seeing it, I'm like, wow, that was a great choice. And so I think that I'm willing to extend that, um, you know, just give them the benefit of the doubt until uh, they prove me otherwise 
Okay, excellent. Uh, the new suits was introduced, and I have to admit, at first I was like, you know, I was like, uh, friends, please let me know what's the differences. And then Jason got on. And he's like, well, for starters, you know, the eyes look different. Uh, the you know, you can tell the spider's different. And when he pointed it out, I was like, oh, okay. You know, because it's been a while since I've seen The Amazing Spider-Man. I don't and- think you'll notice on screen, though. I really don't think it's going to be something crazy noticeable. Because like you say, unless you have them next to each other, I don't think there's... I don't. They didn't go radical changes with it. Yeah. It, 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 they're trying to make it more in line with the original Sam Raimi trilogy and, and the comic and stuff. But after he pointed out, I was like, oh, actually, I kind of see the difference and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm excited, man. I real I loved Amazing Spider-Man. I gave that a five star, man. And it wasn't because it was perfect. It's just because the amount of fun and emotional attachment I had to it, kind of like Jason did as well. I think you gave it a four, if I remember yeah. right. Yep. Uh, you know, the lizard was the weak point. You know, right. I, I know I wrote in it, and you guys were like, yeah, Masuna's review is pretty spot on on that. But uh, I'm thinking the sequel, man, has a lot of promise. Uh, Emma Stone has actually been praising the script. She says it's really awesome. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think she's going to die, man. I'm not looking forward to it. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, it's going to happen at some point. I know. And- I know. You know, yeah, whether it's this one or three, uh, I got a feeling it'll be this one, though. I could so live with the fact if she lives and never has Mary Jane Watson, (laughs) I could so go with that twist because Emma Emma is my girl and she tears it up. She was phenomenal. I loved her in that movie. So, uh, man, so good. So I'm not looking forward to her death scene, man, but uh, I'm sure it's going to happen. So, other news I've heard that totally sucks. Uh, the Crow, I thought officially this remake was dead in the water and they resurrected the story again. Really? This time, James McAvoy is now attached. Do you hear this really? crap? Yeah. No, I didn't hear that. This guy's going to be terrible. I'd rather watch Eddie Wait, Furlong. James McAvoy's going to be the Crow? Yeah, as in Professor X from X. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather watch Eddie Furlong than him be the Crow. He's awesome and wanted, and I love him in X-Men First I Class. I love him. He's a great actor, but he's no. No. Uh, according to the article, it says... Uh, this is from Bloody Disgusting, so if you're not into horror, you're probably not going to find this article. But it says, since its announcement, many names have been tossed about in relation to the Crow remake. Mark Wahlberg, Bradley Cooper, blah, 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 blah. So take it with a grain of salt. But according to Bloody Disgusting, a new name has emerged to the long reboots of the 90 classic, James McAvoy. The uh, star wanted last King of Scotland has emerged as a front runner for the role of Eric Draven. McAvoy is currently filming X Men: Days of Future Past, etc., etc. So I don't think the Crow needs to be remade. This would be oh. what the fifth incarnation of the movie. Yeah. Um, I watched the first two, and I remember trying to watch the third one and be like, "Nope, I'm not going to do this." I've seen all of them, unfortunately. You are a sick man. They are piss poor, man. Oh my, they're worse. I really than- enjoy the first one, and I think a lot of it is nostalgia. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia with that first one for me uh recently rewatched it and not as good as i remember it but still enjoyable what dude i'm gonna come down there and slap you in the face what you talking about phenomenal man uh, there, there was a lot of things in there that i that i'd forgotten i was like oh that's kind of cheesy but what? yeah 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 
but I still love the movie. I still love the movie. And you're kicked off this episode. <laughs> oh man, I don't. I never understood why, what the draw was to that character. Why they kept remaking horrible sequels to that. I never quite understood though. You know, like what what is it about the Eric Draven the Crow character? Just because it's supernatural and you can do so many different things with it and change actors every movie and just make it ridiculous at its core the crow is a love story right it's uh it's it's basically the ultimate love story that's why i love the crow number one it's my favorite love story i love it uh but the the sequels are trash i mean they're worse than house party 2 for god's sake oh boy so i mean that's pretty terrible um but i gotta tell you man uh, let's let's get to some good news. I have to admit, the more trailers I see for Olympus Has Fallen, the oh, more I'm man. like, dude, I have got to see that. Having some Two-Face and Lucius Fox in the movie. I mean, Morgan Freeman's the best TV president there is. I'm sorry. I mean, Bill Pullman and Morgan Freeman, those are your top two contenders right there. Man. It, you know, I could watch anything with Morgan Freeman in it. Just anything. And uh, this looks really great it does man i'm just like wow so good obviously if you don't know what we're talking about um the white house gets attacked and um uh two-face aka aaron eckhart is the president i believe he gets kidnapped if i'm remembering that correctly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, morgan freeman steps up so if you love deep impact i'm sure he's gonna do an even better performance and who doesn't love deep impact Right, Deep Impact was the heart, and Armageddon was the action. So, right. times, but uh, that movie looks great. I'm man, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that flick. I think I'm definitely gonna check that one out at the theater. The the thing the wife and me have decided we're putting away about three hundred dollars for a movie fund, and we're, our goal is to see more movies in a the theater this year than we ever have before. So, see, that's my goal too. My wife is like, you saw seventy some movies in the theater last year. We are cutting that down. You saw 70 in the theater? I think so. Dude. It was in the 60s last last time I counted. And you wonder why you have to work all this overtime. It was more, it was, I know it was more than one a week. Oh. Yeah. You know how many, the most I've seen in a theater in a year? How many? Wild guess. Take your pick. Uh, 26. Five. Wow. That is the most. I do that in a day sometimes. Oh, there's days where I show up at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. and leave at 9 p.m. Yeah, it's just you know we are very very selective in the movies that we go see. We know what we like, and we we pretty much are usually nine times out of ten we walk out happy with what we saw. So now I know you didn't like Die Hard. Uh, I have to admit, after your discussion that you guys did on Movie Mojo, you guys did point out a lot of things that really made me rethink my my thought process on it. Because I, I really went in it with just a big, dumb, fun action movie kind of thing. I went in with an Expendables mind, but you guys made some really great points. So it well, that's did, what we do. It did make me drop my score, so good times. So. I just, I'll, I'll pass that along to Jason. Yeah, I'm sure he's not listening, so you'll have to. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, Evil Dead 4 looks like it's finally on its way. Uh, Sam Raimi and uh, Ivan are working on the script this summer. So, I love it. And I guess uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bruce is coming back, man. So, I'm excited for it, dude. Good times. So, uh, 
outside of that, we've talked Spider-Man, we've talked G.I. Joe. What are you looking forward to in March? Um, in March, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Dead Man Down. Um, What's that? Dead Man Down is the new Colin Farrell movie. Oh, oh, that's the one on uh, Raw that they always show the trailer to every single month. Well, yeah, because Wade Barrett's in it for 30 seconds, but uh, it's Colin Farrell and Nomi Rapace. And, uh, man, that trailer we talked about, I, I hope it, I'm not getting suckered in by an amazing trailer. Yeah. But it looks great to me. I really can't wait to see it. Um, you know, and I know I'm going to go see G.I. Joe, you know. You don't sound too enthused about that one. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the first one. Um, but I, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go see Oz. I know that. The, the wife and kids really want to go see that. Um, Burt Wonderstone looks actually pretty funny to me. I mean, I love everybody in that cast. With Steve Carell and Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks funny. Now, before you watch Die Hard, did you get the trailer to the Sandra Bullock movie? Yeah. Okay. With Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. yeah. That that actually looks somewhat entertaining, I have to admit. At first, it does. I wasn't digging the trailer, but as it went on, I was like, this could be funny. My That's my fav- my wife's favorite actress of all time is Sandra Bullock. She absolutely loves her and adores her. So. My only issue with it is I went... Um, week or so two weeks ago and saw Identity Thief with Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy okay and it was pretty funny but before that movie they had the trailer for the one with her and Sandra Bullock and she plays the same exact character which is also this basically the same character she played in Bridesmaids and it looks like it's Sandra Bullock's character from Miss Congeniality paired up with the character from Identity Thief which is what I was watching at the time I'm like is this act is gonna start wearing thin when she plays the same character over and over again? Gotcha. You know, so well, we'll see. Though it was crazy though because that was the first time in a in years I think that I'd seen a red band trailer in the theater. Oh yeah. And they're dropping the MF and all this <laughs> stuff in the trailer. I'm like, wow, it's been a while since I heard that. Like I'm looking around and yeah, there's kids in the theater. Like cool, all right. Yeah, usually you only see that online. The yeah, uh, the, yeah. It was. It's been a while since I saw a red band. Wow, that's crazy. Oof. Yeah, I uh, I've never seen Bridesmaids. Surprisingly, I have it. I own it, but I've never watched it yet. I think it's overrated. I finally got the Bad Teacher the other day. It's a good movie. Man, your boy Justin Timberlake. Uh, everybody you can't go wrong. Uh, Jameson is the biggest Justin Timberlake fan on the face of the planet. So it's okay to have man crushes. It's cool, but your boy, man, I have to admit, every Justin Timberlake movie I've ever watched, I've always thought he was 100% solid. Uh, I thought he was good. He was just way off his rocker in this movie, man. I mean, the dry the dry humping scene, what was up with that, dude? It's <laughs> crazy. Um, I like that movie, though. I, I did. I thought it was going to be worse than it really was. Uh, I'm not usually a big fan of uh, what's the the main uh, the gym teacher. What's his name? From Saving Sarah Marshall and the Muppets. What's his name? Uh, yeah, uh, Jason Siegel. Yeah, I'm not usually a huge fan of him, but I did find him to be very likable. I do not like uh, Cameron Diaz. Oh, I, me neither. I have never liked the movie she's in. The Mask was the only movie I tolerated her in, which is why I've never, why I waited so long to watch it. But I did find her to be very funny. We are simpatico on that one, man. Yeah. I cannot stand her. Yeah, and uh, what made me watch it is just all the reviews. I, I gave that one a three, uh, week three and a half. So uh, yeah, I know. It, it was pretty fun. So 
All right, man. I think that's it for movie uh, uh, music news. Um, I ain't got nothing for music news. Uh, just, I mean, I dropped the Linkin Park episode. That was uh, good, too, man. Uh, your number one choice? Yeah. Excellent choice. Really? Yeah. Oh, you finally listened to it? Awesome. I listened to it yesterday. That's what all this all this uh, drive time has afforded me to catch up on podcasts. Excellent. Uh, I have to admit, I was a little bit worried. You know, I've had... Uh, I've had some re- a major requests for the Linkin Park episode, and I was just like, I don't know, because the last thing I want is some record executive dude to go on iTunes, see a podcast. Oh, you're 10 people just, you know, there's 10 tunes on Linkin Park out there. But uh, I coded it in a way where nobody can find the episode unless you're a fan of STL. So that's kind of been awesome. Well, and the other thing is, contrary to public opinion, I don't think you make a ton of money off the uh, episodes. Oh right, I don't make any money off of them. So <laughs> I pay that. I pay to have these suckers sent. Right, to me. exactly. Uh, it's hey, free enter. It's free advertisement. The way I look at it. That's right. But uh, yeah, it uh, it was a big fan request, and it was very difficult for me to to knock down my fav- my favorite ten. But I wanted to make it as uh, kind of diverse as possible, and uh, I'm glad you and four other people have said they love my number one choice. Yeah. That's awesome. I, it's it is tough, man. I mean, I was thinking about that as, as I was listening to it, and like, all right. So if I had to take one of my favorite bands and try and choose my ten favorite songs, that would be, man, it, that would be impossible. I mean, to even to pare it down to to twenty is hard. I you know bands that are your favorites. I started off with twenty five with Lincoln Park. It, yep. it took me four hours to get to 15. <laughs> when uh, number one, two, and three, I had in like four seconds. I mm-hmm. instantly knew what they were. I had to build off of that. And it was kind of hard because in pieces I had played on previous Underground Hour episodes. So I was like, do I really want to throw this in the countdown again? But if it's in my top 10, it's in my top 10. Exactly. Got to play it. So the next one I'm going to do is on 12 Stones because they're my third favorite band. And they, to me, feel like one of the most underrated bands there are. And I am at 32 right now. <laughs> Trying to knock it down to 10 has been impossible. I, I don't know how I'm going to do a top 10 on that band. Because 32 songs I can't live without. That I have. They're, they're five-star songs on my eyes. I hear you. You got 32 children. Yeah, exactly. So, That's what I, I kind of did this morning. I was screwing around iTunes. And I was that was thought was running through my head so i i looked like my favorite band of all time is allison chains awesome so i just kind of went on as i was tooling around on itunes and like i have all every allison chain song on there and i'm looking like all right can i pick a top 10 and within a couple of minutes i was up to 18 immediately and it's like oh yeah i don't i can't even do it people don't know how hard that is to create a top 10 on your on your favorite bands it's it was torturous for me i mean that's one of the reasons why it took me so long to release it uh, and but I I'm very happy, very pleased with my top ten. In fact, I had Watson uh, tell me it was the best Underground Hour episode I've ever done, um, and he said he's listened to it like six times already because he drives, uh, he does uh, FedEx, so mm-hmm. so he's been listening to it nonstop. And of course, number five was his favorite Linkin Park song, and and I thought you know Linkin Park has kind of a bad rap. They think they're one style of music, and I really wanted to showcase their diversity if you will and uh yeah i enjoyed it man i it it made me it reminded me too of um i remember when hybrid theory came out 
I remember listening to that. I was uh, I I picked it up in a CD store over in Paris and was listening to it nonstop on a loop because I toured around Paris for three days. That was the only CD that I had, and uh, that just yeah, it brought it, those, a lot of those songs bring back a lot of memories. It was, it was great. So so my number one and two, uh, lying from you and numb, I did good on. Yes, sir. Excellent. So that's awesome. You're the like fourth person to tell me they love the fact that I picked that as number one. So yeah. that's good, man. It makes me feel good. So uh, that, that's good times. I'm glad you finally got to listen to it because I know when I talked to you, like, dude, I got through five minutes and my iPod died. Yeah, that sucked, man. That was a long night. <sighs> yeah. I, I live with my headphones, at least one headphone in my ear, and get to work, press play, and it's already flashing. Like, no. <sighs> you know... Uh, there's no like charger, you know, like you know, car charger. And- yeah, the uh, the problem was the truck that I was in didn't have a cigarette lighter port to it. Ah, that's so it was all night just going. Oh man, this sucks. <laughs> well, for music news, uh, check out my Lincoln Park episode because I think even if you are not a fan of Lincoln Park, I think you will find at least one or two tracks in there because I did throw some uh, uh, slower tunes in there. Um, it's just they're a very diverse band. I think you really enjoy it. Uh, the next couple theme ones I'm going to do is Aerosmith. That's going to be really tough because they have like a billion songs. Right. Uh, but I'm definitely going to do 12 Stones. I got a bunch of my friends that are just like, I can't wait to hear that one because there's a lot of people that have heard, you know, 12 Stones on the show, but not 10 songs. And, uh, you know, eventually I'll get to my fa- my big favorites, you know, Skillet, Pillar, all that stuff. It'll be, it'll be good times. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's it for music news. So, all right, you roll into our review, sir. Just one of the guys. Sure. All right, let's do it. Cherry's a girl who wanted to be taken seriously. I am going to be a reporter. But her body kept getting in the way. Pretty girl, you could be a model. Sometimes I just wish I were a guy. Well, you know, the male body needs sex at all times. It's a living hell. So to prove to the men in her life she had a mind, Carrie decided to try life as a guy. How do I look? Dashing. My zipper's open. That was the dashing part. What a fox. Dresses like Elvis Costello. Looks like the karate kid. I'm gonna get him. Today's woman has the freedom to be just as sick and perverted as us guys. She learned their secrets. I have surprise jock inspections three times a week. A word to the wise. And dated their women. Yeah, but I got this one rule. I never go out with girls who say bitch. Now the question is... What's going on? Wait, it gets better. Can a girl tell the boy she loves... Terry's such a stallion. Go on, show me Harry Chet. She's not the man. He thinks she is? Wait a minute, are those what I think they are? Yep, it's one of a kind. My bro. Just one of the guys. Just confused. Of course you're confused. You're wearing my underwear. All right, man. So uh, just one of the guys. Now, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted you on this is because the 100th episode is, I don't know, like less than 15 episodes away. And, you know, Johnny, our, our big King Cobra... Uh, Cobra Kai is in that movie and he's in this flick. And I was like, I thought this would be a perfect pre karate kid talk. 
I was like, I've never had a movie with Johnny in it, and I had to get you on here to talk this flick. Dude. I love it. And uh, this movie is amazing how well – it's definitely a movie that works in its time period, and I don't think it would work – if you were to remake it today, you know, I know you said what she's the man is kind of a remake of this flick. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, she's the man is one of those. I love these, um, these boy dresses as girl, girl dresses as boy type of movies, you know, ladybugs, things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely has a very strong eighties feel. Very very um but i think that's more just a fashion than anything but i think it would work today i think it would still be i don't know if it would be as memorable if it was if it came out today you know i don't think it would be like something that everyone's like, oh yeah a great movie like they do with this right um I, you know I, I think people enjoy that situation though yeah i mean when we get into the details because we'll just do a, a quick uh you know go through the plot uh, just kind of refresh people because there's a few listeners that haven't seen this movie in a very long time. So I want to refresh them on what happens in the story. And then we'll get into the details, you know, you know, bit by bit, what was our favorite stuff. And there's a few scenes where I said, if you were to do this today, that wouldn't work because people are smarter today than they were back in the 80s. You know, True. for example, the putting the water on to change you know that particular scene is one of them but uh okay so this movie uh 1985 and again if you don't know this is a sex comedy and i've never done a sex comedy before and i it's not sex comedy like america pie i mean we're talking like boobs are all over this thing and it's amazing it's pg-13 i mean this movie should be rated r with the amount of boobs that are in this movie dude Uh, yes sir crazy but we will get into that in a little bit but uh here's the thing we have uh terry griffith um is about to go where no woman has gone before is the tagline of this flick now this movie is ranked number 48 on entertainment weekly's list of the top 50 best high school flicks which that's totally Hmm. me now uh, joyce heiser is our main star of this movie now uh joyce uh i saw her after this movie it took all the way till Greedy with Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember that movie? I do vaguely. Where Kurt uh, Kurt Douglas, where he's in a wheelchair and everybody's fighting for his money. And Michael J. Fox has to, you know, she's part of the family that wants just to kill him to get his money. And Michael J. Fox kind of has to prove that, uh, you know, I still love you for who you are kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, uh, her character is Terry Griffith and she is, uh, an aspiring teenage journalist. And this takes place in Tucson, Arizona. Now she feels that her teachers don't take her school newspaper articles seriously because of her very good looks, I might say. And, uh, after failing at her job, uh, her dream job as a newspaper intern, uh, she comes to the conclusion that it's because she's a girl. So essentially she writes this article. It's kind of lame. Like it's good writing, but it's crappy. Yeah, it's about the nutritional value of their high school food. Right. Very boring material. Eh. Now, uh, there's a few questions I had in this where I was like, why is this not being addressed? For example, the parents was like, where the hell are their parents? They don't. They're t- gone. Yeah. They don't tell you till halfway through the film where their parents are. Or I'm like. Uh, how did she get out of school? How did, you know, 
And then they explain to you, oh, well, she transferred. You know, there's a lot of questions that don't get answered till like almost halfway through the film. Well, they say Buddy says towards the beginning, though, that they have two weeks because that's when he announces that he has two weeks to find a girl. He's like, mom and dad are gone for two weeks. I'm going to find a girl. Right. You know, so, yeah, it's real weak. Like, that's that's it. Like, all right. And the parents are out of the picture. We don't have to worry about that. Right. So her parents are out of town. So Terry decides to redeem the situation. She's going to enroll at a rival high school. Uh, so she enlists to, um, you know, with her help of her brother, Buddy, who is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, yeah. He's a sex obsessed, loudmouth awesome brother played by billy jane now i remember him from a uh, walt disney flick you know uh when walt disney did those movies sunday nights yep it's part of the brat patrol b-r-a-t abbreviated he was yep. in that flick uh was he? but yeah he just wasn't in a whole lot of other stuff and uh terry has a best friend her name is well, i remember him from uh sorry i don't mean no, to interrupt go ahead, go ahead no yeah i remember him it, it was probably Eight years later, when he showed up in Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Uh, yes, that was his big show that he stayed on, correct? Yeah. 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 Um, her best friend, Denise, played by Tony Hudson, who really didn't go on to do too much. Um, they all help her dis- uh, disguise herself as a boy. Now, uh, her brother and her friend, uh, they, they keep tabs on her throughout this experiment. She's basically got two weeks. So, you know, She has a deadline, I believe it's the following Monday or something like that. Uh, along the way, she meets this guy named Rick, and uh, he's basically a gold-hearted nerd. Uh, and it's not never any radical dude. It's this guy's a flat-out nerd. <laughs> Nobody likes him. They immediately hit it off as friends, uh, but she, in her mind, she wants to use him as kind of her her project. Now, uh, she helps him through an image makeover, encourages him to start talking to girls, which, of course... Gives him the confidence to talk to the most popular girl in school to ask out to the prom. But during the course of the film, Terry starts to fall for this guy. Now, uh, after many episodes of uh, in and out of the school, we get uh, a feuding between the bully. Good old Greg Tolan, a.k.a. William Zabka, a.k.a. Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid. That's right. Our boy Zabka. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about this guy. Uh, but uh, dealing with uh, Terry has a real life boyfriend. He's actually a college guy. His name is Kevin. Um, and they uh, they set up this blind date with uh, a potential new quote unquote girlfriend for uh, for Terry uh, named Sandy because you know essentially Rick says I'm not going to go on this date. Uh, unless you go out on a date, and she's like, "Okay, crap, you know, I, I got to do this." Which Sandy, of course, is played by your girl, Sherilyn Fenn. Is that how yes. you? Yes. Now, you guys will in STL land remember her from the review of the Wraith. She was the main actress, Charlie Sheen's love interest. So she's great in this film. Uh, Terry manages to be accepted as one of the guys finally throughout this film. So as we get towards the senior prom. Uh, Greg, uh, jealous Greg, picks a fight with Rick, who uh, basically uh, bullies him in front of the entire class. And uh, Terry's boyfriend shows up unexpectedly to find out what's been going on because she's been doing a great job the whole film of, you know, convincing him, even though she cut all her hair off and uh, that that everything is okay. But he's all about, well, you used to look so sexy and 
all your clothes. I mean, you could tell this guy is totally for her looks and not her insides. Right. No doubt about it. Things go crazy at the prom. Terry gets basically ratted out to be a girl because uh, Greg fights with Rick. Jeez, oh, I'm trying to remember. trying to hard to, to summarize this to summarize all this here yeah they get into a fight and terry has to uh she's kind of caught in the middle and she has to reveal the truth <laughs> that's that's what i was looking for i was like how's the best way to describe this part? but uh use your imagination reveals the truth that she's a girl and uh at the end uh terry returns to her own school uh after writing an article about what happened just basically she fell in love with rick but he hates her because if everything that's been happening has been a lie, her feelings are a lie, and he's just flat out mad and, and just takes off. But she gets high praise from all of her teachers, even the ones that judged her previously in the film for her looks, finds out that she's really legit. She gets her dream job at the newspaper office, but she's still very depressed because she doesn't have Rick anymore. Uh, her brother becomes you know he's he gets with uh sandy and all of a sudden man he becomes a chick magnet by the end that's of what the- he is and uh but by the end though um rick does show up and just say you know do you still feel you know after reading your article do you still feel that way about me and she's like yeah and they reconcile and the movie kind of ends and so let's get into the details man because i have a lot here man that i cannot wait to talk to you about sir all right, all right so the movie starts off and we get the body shot from toes to head of how Terry looks. And I might say she's very blessed in the uh, breast area, I might add. So to be honest with you, I was like, how can you pull this off as a guy? Because, you know, she's not the, the smallest package. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, but I have to admit, they do a fantastic job. Yeah. Of- covering her up very very well and uh you know they do a really great job of just showing how beautiful she is from the body shot and i mean they have her in like the underwear and stuff and then you see her with her boyfriend and what do you think of her boyfriend man kevin what do you think of this guy a classic movie douchebag <laughs> do we want to give that to zapka or do we want to give it to this no 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 and she well i mean it's a classic like my boy i'm dating a college guy and he, like you said all he is is all about her looks yeah. you know and he's the snobby you can tell he's a snobby rich guy you know drives a sports car like buddy says what a waste of a sports car i love that line man it's so good and then uh we get introduced pretty early to her friend denise Denise is just an average, average girl, average girl from the eighties. Uh, and she, she seems to fit in very well, you know, yeah, she's, but she's unlucky in love. Yeah. Unlucky in love. Terry is definitely one of those popular girls that does not shy away from the unpopular kids. You could tell that she's one of those where she got along with everybody. Everybody right. loved her. You know, everybody knew she was beautiful. I mean, she's always, what, the prom queen probably. But Terry was never uh, self-indulgent. You know what I mean? And that was pretty awesome. You could instantly tell that within the first five minutes, the kind of character that Terry was. I really like that. You know, it's kind of a different spin back in the 80s, I guess. Yep. So uh, let's talk about Buddy. Now, Buddy, mm-hmm. I'm, I laugh. Uh, this particular scene, I, I we'll get to in a little bit, but when they talk about the, uh, okay, I'm just gonna get to it now. When she's like, well, maybe my balls don't itch. <laughs> 
Charles itch. It's a fact. I was crying laughing because I totally forgot about that part, and that's when I sent you the text. I forgot how messed up this movie was. Buddy has all the the funny lines. Just he's because he's so out there. He's a horn dog, fifteen year old kid, you know. And like they say, like she says, like, aren't you scared? Like, oh, horny overrides that every time, you know. He's just way out there, like just hit puberty. He's got his <laughs> huge box full of Playboy mags that he's hanging on his all his walls while his parents are gone. And he's just funny, you know, and, and the montage where he's helping transform Terry into a guy and helping her with the the uh, tube socks and all that stuff. It's just funny. Now, here's the thing that I really enjoy is the relationship between Terry and Buddy because they're not like, for example, the don't tell mom the babysitter's dead relationship where they were constantly really fighting the whole movie. These two really get along. They really care about each other. They're kind of in their own separate world, but they're always willing to help each other. And I really enjoy their relationship. It's kind of different than the typical brother and sister relationship, especially in the 80s. So, uh, yeah. What do you think, man? I mean, did you notice that as well or not really? Well, yeah. I mean, he's hanging out in her room with, with you know, what Denise is there. And obviously he's trying to horn dog on Denise. But um, when it comes down to it, he's, you know, they, they talk real with each other. Right. And he's always there to help her out, you know. And it, it is it is funny. I mean, I do love, though, like the <laughs> the one scene where, where the phone rings. They're sitting there and the phone rings and he gets on. He's like, hey, yo, scumbag suck your own eat me <laughs> he hangs up and she's like who is that he's like mom says hi yeah <laughs> just or show him did you show him your hairy chest come on <laughs> show him your hairy chest <laughs> yeah i mean he's always trying to i mean they're, they're always busting on each other but you can tell deep down that they love each other and and uh it, it is good it's funny yeah i really really love their relationship and i think that's what really helps sell this movie uh so well but man when he pulls out all the playboys i was really shocked because i kind of forgot how much they really show in the background was, yeah they show everything it's like wow this is pg-13 i mean seriously is shouldn't this be rated r I, I mean there's like more boobs in this movie than like a movie you would pay for on pay-per-view that's all i'm saying it's funny after after coming off of us just talking about big bang theory and and Noticing all the background stuff. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah, obviously in his room, you can't help but notice all the background stuff. But but then you go into her room, too, and all the stuff on the walls. I'm like, oh, check that out. Oh, I remember having that or this and that. Yeah, didn't she have a YouTube? Uh, yeah, she had a YouTube poster. But, and it was funny because I, I did a little research and found out that she started dating Bruce Springsteen back in the late 70s. Okay. The girl who played uh, Terry, okay. he found her at some party. And next thing you know, she was hanging out on the road with him, like went out on the road with Bruce Springsteen. And then you watch this movie and there is prominent Bruce Springsteen stuff all over her walls. Right. Okay. You know, there's the huge, uh, huge Born in the USA poster there and all kinds of stuff. I thought that was kind of funny. All right. Now, before we get into like the further details of the stuff we like, let's talk about Terry real quick. I think that... Uh, uh, Joyce Heiser, her voice is kind of perfect for this role because it's not too like soft feminine kind of voice, but it's not like a deep 
uh, raspy voice. It's like the perfect in between where she can pull off guy and girl very, very easily. Yeah. And it's, I mean, let's just, let's kind of cut to that scene in a little bit and then we'll go back. But when she gets her hair cut and has the sunglasses on, I mean, it's kind of a very interesting transformation scene. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I actually like her looking better too with the short hair myself, but really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, does your wife have short hair? Uh, she did when we when we met. Yeah. Okay, but she has long hair now, right? Uh, kinda. Well, I, I if she listens to this, I don't want to offend her, but I can't stand girls with like short hair because very few can pull it off. So if your wife, oh, see, I, I dig some short hair. If your wife can pull it off, that's awesome. Congratulations. I know some women can pull it off. I do agree. I think Terry can pull it off is with short hair. See, I like, yeah, I like it. You know, my, my wife, she's like a Charlize Theron looking, so oh, okay. she can pull it off. Awesome. All right, because my wife, I'm like, look, I love you no matter what you look like, but don't do the short hair, okay? It's not, <laughs> not going to work. But, uh, you know, Terry does, though, man, when she, like, kind of, you know, that one point where she's dressed up and, and she's got to get all, like, uh, ready for Kevin, and it's like she does her hair. I was like, wow, she looks really good with the short hair there, you know? So, yep. but she does, man. She really does pull off being the guy. She's very cheesy at some points, like, uh, you know, in the guys, oh, we're a bunch of guys just hanging out. Oh, the first time she goes into the the men's bathroom, and there's that other guy in there, and she's oh, that yeah, it's a it's a cringe. Yeah, I mean, most of the movie she's very solid. I would say ninety five percent she's solid in this movie, but the other five percent very bad. Like where she's like, I'm finished. And the guy's like, I could care less, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, when uh, when uh, Rick gets spaghetti spilled on him and you're like, you know, isn't this cool? We're like a bunch of guys talking about chicks. I'm like, dude, you're you're doing not dude, but you're you're really bad in this scene. Very, <laughs> very cheesy, uh, you know, or like at the at the end of the reveal, you know, Oh, look at Oh, that's the worst. Gotta go. Look at the time. It's been fun. <laughs> go. I'm like, I cringe. I'm like, that's terrible. You know, but for the most part though, very solid ninety five percent of the time. But yeah, those have gotta be the top three worst scenes for me, you know. Or like when she's laughing at Zabka the first time she sees him, you know, and uh very bad. But but moving on, though, um, I like the the teacher, you know, her her first teacher, her journalism. teacher. Yeah, yeah. her journal journalist teacher, because when uh, he's having the conversation with the other teacher and he starts to talk about her body and uh, her wardrobe, you know, he he's laughing, but he kind of warns him like, you know, you shouldn't be talking about this. But at the same time, he's not like he's kind of going along with it. So he's. I don't know. He's kind of a gray character. You know, by the end of the film, you you love him, but you don't hate him either at first because you're kind of like, well, he's not really a jerk because he's kind of, you know, he's kind of going along with what this teacher's saying because he's not like, you know, shut up. You shouldn't be talking about it like that. You know, it's like he's not fully standing up for her, I guess is what I'm trying right, to say. Right. But, you know, I do like the conversation between uh, him and her when she's like, why do you give me straight A's for my wardrobe? He goes, no, I give you straight A's because you work hard, but there's just something missing, you know, and I like that, that conversation. I really like that scene a lot. I think it's really good times. 
Nice. So what's your thoughts on this teacher? I know you don't see him a whole lot, but I mean, do you have any other opinions about this guy? Um, I really like him in it. I like him at the end, especially when, when everything's done and he kind of, you know, he, he talks to her, not like a teacher to a student, but he's like, you know, you were, you were right. You proved me wrong. I miss, I misjudged you. Yeah. I misjudged you. And she's like, no, I'm glad you misjudged me because you're the reason that I went to prove you wrong. I wouldn't have done this and gotten this if it wasn't for you doing that. It's cool. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He was, uh, he was cool. He was solid, you know, from, you know, his, uh, his kind of gray area to finally be in, you know, the really great kind of teacher you want to have good stuff. Yep. Now, um, I definitely love buddy when, uh, as you said, what a waste of a sports car. Cause he's like, what took you so long? Well, I knew it was you, you know, like he, yeah, said, right. he has all the best lines. Um, but his whole character, the whole film, he's always happy, you know, yeah. e- even when he's down and out, he uh, immediately can switch and just be all super happy, you know, and I, he really brings a joy to this film. You know, I think if buddy was not in this film, this movie would suffer dramatically. Oh, big time, big time. I mean, even seems like you say he's kind of, he's kind of bumming the one point where Sandy shows up and, uh, brings the, the kissing fish. And all of a sudden, Kevin shows up at the door, too. And Terry's got, oh, man, I'm playing both sides. And she goes up to Buddy and says, there's a girl upstairs in my room or in your room. She's waiting for you. She's she's half naked. And he's like, nah, I don't believe you. He's like, what if you're lying? She's like, what if I'm not? He's <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> if you don't hear from me, forward my calls. He takes off upstairs. You know, and he goes just flips like that is funny yeah his arms are spread out like he's <laughs> like he's fly, flying on air you know yep. uh, or like the girl that he was tutoring i even vacuumed oh that was funny oh that was so, i you know i like you and all but eh, i'm just not into you well what if i told you i was hung like a horse would that make a difference it might are you no i was no, just he, he just flops on the floor no <laughs> <laughs> really good stuff. I really love this guy. All right. Now, I love when Terry, completely frustrated, to, she's at the tipping point of going to a guy. She goes into Buddy's room. All men care about is sex. And then Buddy, I resent that. And then that's when she sees all the Playboys all over the room. And her mouth just drops open. But she's smiling at the same time like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, right. like wait till mom and dad come home. Are they really going to let you have this on the wall? I don't think so. But uh, that was the scene, man, where I sent you the text. Oh, and I was like, seriously? It's like, this is PG-13? I mean, you got a lot away with a lot of crap back in the 80s in PG-13, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, well, this was really, I think I think this was before the ratings board really changed everything and, and kind of changed what the R rating and all that stuff. Um, it was right around this time, but yeah, you could get away with a lot more back in the eighties. That's why those eighties teen comedies like Porky's and, and a lot of those, you get away with a lot. You, it was almost standard fare that you had, you had to show some boobs. Yeah. I mean, uh, Porky's was rated R though. Right. Right. But I mean, uh, along that ilk of these, you know, sex rom-coms that were big in the eighties, you knew that at some point something was going to get shown. You know, spoiler alert, if you're having kids listening to this episode, this is not the STL episode. <laughs> uh, it seems to be in the 80s, there was uh, there was one com- there was two rules. One, and this rule still applies today, you can only say the F word once, and, right. then, and then you keep the PG-13. And then two, 
as long as you only show one set of boobs, you got the PG-13. If you go over that, then you get an R. But right. for some reason, they show about 20, but maybe it's because they're on paper, they get away with it. Sure. But, but you know, some of the pictures, the girls didn't have underwear on either. So I was like, seriously, how can this not be rated R? It's still- I'll tell you what, my my favorite thing about about Buddy's room, though, is that sweet basket chair he had. Oh, yeah. You know, talk about that chair yeah. that was like, like a birdcage hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, that was pretty great. Good times. <laughs> and then, yeah, you get to Terry's room. And like you said, Bruce Springsteen all over and U2 poster and just the complete opposite. And they like they hang a lot out, you know, in that room. I love it when uh, her and her friend are just sitting there and he's just all like uh, trying to get with uh, with Denise and gives her a rose and then drops it. Yeah. When when uh, she was gonna take it, cause you know she turned him down again. I just love that. But uh, not even if we were the last two people on earth. Right. Uh, like you said, the transformation scene is really good. You know when he starts to describe, you know, open your legs. You know, you gotta take room. You know, and and you gotta walk like this. Hey, my. Oh, that that was bad. That's the only thing of Buddy mm-hmm. that I don't like is I'm a lean, mean sex machine. I mean that was pure bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. And then when she does it, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I was like, oh, I, I had to close I had to put my hand over my eyes on that one. <laughs> it was like bad. But uh I just I like I said, that's my favorite line of the whole entire film is, well, maybe my balls don't itch. And he gets all <laughs> up in her face, you know, all balls itch. It's a fact. <laughs> oh man, it's just great. Cause you could just tell the way her face looked. Like she totally didn't want to say that line. Like she was still embarrassed filming that scene and saying that line. So good stuff. All right, sir. So let's talk about Zabka. Yeah. Oh, man. Pre. Uh, well, actually, I think this is after Karate Kid, in fact. You think so? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. Wait. Karate Kid came out in 1984. This okay. Came so this was after. Yeah, this was after. Uh, did you see the picture I uploaded on Facebook that had uh, Zapka said Karate Kid back to school, just one of the guys, and then he's in the front looking the way he does today? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a cool picture, man. Uh, I love it. And uh, that's what – I mean, Johnny William Zapka was was king, douchebag, awesome. Um, love Zapka, man. Did you ever see him as a good guy and shoot fighter? No. He's always been – Johnny in every, I mean, you know, like you say, those, those three back to school, he's Johnny. Okay. Have he's, you, you've seen blood sport with yeah. uh, Van Damme, right? Okay. Right. So, you know, the main guy, Chun Li, right? Yep. Okay. So there's this movie called shoot fighter fight to the death. It's a, it's a D movie, really terrible, but it's essentially uh, Johnny is the main good guy of the film and he has to fight in this tournament like blood sport but uh, Chun Li is his trainer, so he's a good guy, and they have to fight to like the death and stuff. But his martial arts is crazy good in that movie. Um, it, it's like the well, that's because he was taught by Kreese. Well, yeah, but I mean, in fact, he actually became a real martial artist after he made the Karate Kid. He actually took it up and became a real black belt, which is cool. So. Um, I love Zavka though, man. It's cool when he's a good guy. Like in uh, Python, he is the sheriff of the town. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh man, it was so good seeing him as uh, you know, as a good guy. But we gotta thank Zavka for one thing. The biggest 
accomplishment of his career, and that's creating STL. Because without him, there wouldn't be that music video. There would be no STL for me to take the name from and steal the theme song. So there you go. True enough. Good times. But uh, I love him, man. Uh, you got to love every time he puts on the uh, the gloves. Even at the prom, he pulls them out of his tuxedo, <laughs> puts the gloves on, fingerless gloves. Uh, so let's rate uh, the Zapka movies in order. Okay. Like your favorites. So would it be Karate Kid, Just One of the Guys, Back to School? Yeah, it would probably go that order right there. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's my order too. Uh, he's like in Back to School, if you don't know, he's the bad guy in that movie, pretty much playing the same kind of guy. Yeah. Um, well, you watch him kind of progress like th- through the years. You know, it's like, okay, this, this, he's getting a year older. Oh, now he's in college. You know, now he's, now he's the douche in college. Awesome. You know, one thing I cannot wait for to talk about when we get to the Karate Kid episode is how I, uh, William Zapka on the Blu-ray. Uh, have you watched the Blu-ray commentary? No, I haven't. Okay. This was only on the Blu-ray. Uh, Ralph Macchio and William Zapka do commentary, live commentary, where you actually see their faces on screen but it's not through the whole movie it's like random scenes will appear they'll show up and they'll talk about either that scene or various scenes and i i can't wait to talk about william zapka's perspective that johnny is the good guy of karate kid and daniel is the bad guy of karate kid i love it it's going to be an awesome discussion and i'm going to point out all the scenes on how daniel is the bad guy and johnny's the good guy so i can't wait till we get to that uh till we get to there man it's gonna be awesome so remind me of that in case I forget, be like, dude, how is Johnny the good guy again? So you point, got it. pointing that out. All right. So let's talk about Rick, man. Rick was some greasy looking dude, man. Terrible. He was obsessed with James Brown though. Yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that. James I love that. So man, it's Godfather of soul, right? Isn't that what they say in the film? Hardest working man in show business. Yeah. Coming to America. Mm. <laughs> That's in Rocky four, right? Coming to America, James Brown. True enough. And we'll get to that in a few weeks, so can't wait. But uh, Rick is, he's got some floods on. So if you guys don't know what floods is, that's where you wear your pants above your socks. And everybody can see the color socks that you're wearing. Those are called floods. And he looks really bad. He's got real greasy hair. So it kind of reminds me of when I met my wife. Dude, have you ever seen me with long hair? No. My hair was down to my shoulders, dude. I was... <laughs> I'm a guy. I want to see a picture of this, and then I'll send you a picture when I had hair down on my shoulders. Oh, man. I, I've seen your vanilla ice hair, man, your steps. That was good times. Uh, when I met my wife, man, I was going through that phase. I've talked about this on the show before, but I had long hair down to, like, my shoulders. And, man, it was real greasy and nasty. I didn't realize how greasy and nasty it was until after I cut all my hair and got the spike hair. Mm-hmm. It's like, what was I thinking? I looked mm-hmm. terrible. That's how Rick looks, man. He looks like he hasn't showered in like 15 days. So uh, what is your thoughts on Rick, sir? Um, yeah, I mean, he, he is kind of just the average guy there. Just kind of um, kind of blends in with everybody. It's, you know, just one of those guys who just he gets picked on. He is kind of one of the nerdy guys, but he's not like the the crazy nerds that they showcase too. which those two crack me up. Those just 
guys who think that they're basically in Star Trek or something. Those two crack me up, but yeah, you guys are awesome. Um, but yeah, Rick is just kind of like the every guy who just kind of isn't there and just somehow, you know, Terry latches onto him because looking for somebody to, to at least be friendly with and kind of finds him when he, when she gets tossed into the bushes and there he is. Cause he's had it out with Zabka a few times. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and he's, he's a guy who gets bullied a lot and, uh, it's kind of cool to watch his transformation and, uh, his, uh, gaining his confidence, you know? Exactly. And I really, I really like that in a way it's kind of like the heavenly kid, you know, yeah. there was a, like when he gets the transformation, the new clothes. And I, I felt like it was the scene in the middle of the, of the uh, montage where Jason Gedrick's getting all the clothes. He's like, I don't know about this. I just want to be me. And he flips his fingers and he's naked and it's just like, okay, I'll take the clothes, you know? And I kind of had the same vibe. Like this is like heavenly kid almost. It's cool. I love it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, we talked about the, I just finished. I don't care. Bathrooms. Oh, God. Pretty, that's pretty bad, man. Um. So how, let's talk about the gym teacher, okay? Uh, you know, the gym teacher is all about bowling, which is cool. You know, I like that. Uh, but, of course, I was kind of wondering, because it had been a long time since I seen this, and I was like, how does she get out of gym? Because there's the one scene where shirt skins, shirt skins. But essentially, the scene where she's supposed to strip, uh, she hits the ground, says she's got a stomach ache, and I love her face. Her face is priceless when he's like, okay, go to the nurse, and she smiles. Brilliant. I, it's <laughs> beautiful the way she does it. But what's the excuse that they use the rest of the film? Like, oh, I, I have a stomach ache, and it's going to last till next Monday. Yeah, I uh, don't remember the exact thing, but yeah, she comes back with the with the well. The first time she gets out of it by setting off the fire sprinklers, right? But and, then, yeah, after the uh, fake stomach, then she goes to the nurse and comes back with something. I can't remember what it was. That yeah, I can't be in gym class. I can't do it. Well, that because when she shows up to school, I was like, okay, how did she get here? And when she first meets the gym teacher, that's where she says. I transferred to the school. My records right. could take weeks. I was like, okay, that explains how that happened. But uh, then when she gets the clothes and she has to change, I love it when the guy has jockage and <laughs> he shows her. You ever seen anything like this before? <laughs> right. Oh, that was great. I loved it. But let's talk about that shower scene because this is one scene that I think would not work in today because people are too smart because – I get what she did because uh, she had to change. But the guy starts to go off about, okay, who did the sprinkler? And she's the only one soaking wet. Exactly. Like, how did you not know that was that, that you know, Terry did it? Seriously, you know? And people in today's movies would be more smarter and question that. They're like, well, wait a second. We're all dry. You're the one wet. What's the deal? You know? But... For an 80s flick, you got to go along with it. I mean, does, that's right. Does, Just roll with it. Right. Does it drop a star off the film? No, but it's definitely an annoyance, if you will. So uh, what do you think of the reptile guy? The real crazy guy with all the reptiles. Yeah, reptile. Yeah, he's good, man. He's funny. He's just I, I like him and I like the two other nerds who are uh, who have to be together and 
speak each speak uh, like they're robots or something. The three of those kind of represent the extreme nerds, yeah. you know, and kind of the the foils for Zabka. Um, I like them. I think it's just funny. Just a little quick little comic relief all the time. I do. I like all three of those guys, especially the, the two guys that are like aliens. And the teacher yells at him, you've been pulling this crap all year. You know, and uh, yeah, I love his the excuse for why they don't have their homework. Like we are trying to assimilate to a typical high school experience. So we we, we downed multiple uh, multiple uh, malted beverages and forgot to do our homework. Right. I love that, man. It's hilarious. Um, let's see. I talked about I love how she. Oh, the rose dropping was after the school scene where she talks about how difficult things are and, and they're in the room and uh, where he gives her a rose to uh, to Denise and right. he drops and it walks off. I did find that absolutely hilarious because that's just so Buddy's character. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. But uh, we get introduced to Sandy. There you go. Now, uh, Sandy, you're a, fr- you're a big fan of, uh, of Sherilyn. What's the deal with that? I don't know. I just had a crazy crush on Sherilyn Fenn as a kid. Uh, she's beautiful, man. Uh, she, yeah. she is. She, she's not in this movie a whole lot, but, uh, she's, she's pretty effective. She's not annoying. You know, she's definitely, uh, I don't really have any problems with her. You know, I, no, I thought she was good in this. I, I, I think she's a good actress. I think she, uh, I don't know what happened to her. I really loved her in, in Twin Peaks. That was like, it was, I think her best. And it's like, she's just disappeared since then. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my favorite performance from her is the Wraith. You know, that's always going to be my favorite, but I kind of forgot she was in this film until you sent me that text and said, Cheryl Flynn, Cheryl Flynn is my girl. I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. And that when was the scene that she was coming up in. Um, but I have to talk about the most obvious scene that drives me crazy. And that's when she's like, looks like Elvis Costello dressed like or no dresses like elvis costello looks like the karate kid i'm like johnny just passed you you idiot it's (laughs) oh that i don't know why but that line drives me absolute crazy yeah it's it's kind of it's very meta that they uh very meta that's what i'm looking for meta that's that's that was it because it's like oh seriously you know you're pulling in a karate kid reference so obviously we know this takes place after Karate Kid, so I don't even know why we question that. Hell, what are you gonna do? So, right. Um, so when you find out that uh, Rick is in the, you know, the James Brown, it's pretty cool, man. I, I like his room. I dig it, man. It's good. Yeah. And uh, you kind of, I, I what I like is what he says about how when he jams, he has to do it alone because he he jams and he dances and stuff. And it reminds me of myself, you know. I used to get made fun of a lot because uh, it took me a very long time to get my license. It wasn't until I was like 21, 22 years old until I got my license because I lived in Chicago. So I just walked everything or I took a bus or whatever. But I always had my Walkman on and I would always like sing walking down the street like I was in a music video or whatever. And and people would see me make fun of me. But I didn't care, man. That was just kind of it was kind of like my alone time. Sure. was jamming. And now. I do it in my car, man. I throw in my tunes. I blast that to 45 and uh, blow out my speakers and I just jam <laughs> in my car, man. That, that's just how it is. You know, I did it back then. I did it today. So I totally relate to Rick's, you know, uh, needs to be alone and, uh, you know, do his thing, man. Well, yeah, he did. That's 
well, exactly like you just said, he does his thing. He's he's very true to himself. Yeah, you know, he doesn't care what people think or what he's. It's you know, it's, at this time, it's not cool to like James Brown. I mean, he's an old guy. You know, you know, you should be like an Oingo Boingo or something like that. You know, and uh, he's just true to himself. He's a cool guy. I like it. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, you mentioned it before when Buddy's on the phone and dirt bag and starts. To talk <laughs> I just love it. Mom says hi, you know, and and that kind of tells you kind of off screen the relationship they have that they have a very fun uh, relationship together. You know, you right. can tell that uh, both kids, you know, even though Terry doesn't interact with the parents, you can just kind of get the vibe that both of them get along with their parents, obviously, because they're home alone for two weeks. Obviously, the parents trust them and think that they're very responsible, which is pretty cool. So, right. Uh I love when uh, Terry talks to Rick about, you know, go tell her she has beautiful eyes. Girls eat up that crap. You know, and that's where the girl's wearing sunglasses. You remember? Yep. That's awesome. I love that one. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, Terry's just trying to help Rick become a ladies' man, you know, and also kind of using him as part of her experiment. Yeah. Uh, I She probably didn't obviously know that she was going to really fall for this guy. Right. Right. I'm sure she really didn't like him at first. She just thought he was cool. But as his character progressed on, and I think definitely by the uh, the lunchroom scene, which I think is the best scene of the film. Yeah. The lunchroom scene where it's, uh, you know, Kazapka, he goes up to all the tables and he lifts them. And, and the food goes on. So all the nerds know to pick up your thing. I do feel bad for Buddy because Buddy gets all the crap <laughs> put on him, which is funny. But, uh, you know, Rick... Uh, I love when they're in the bathroom and they say, we're smarter than him. What are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. You know? Yeah. That's a great scene though. And they come out and Rick gets up on the table and it calls out Zabka finally in front of everybody. And, uh, yeah, just Zabka loses it. It's just it's great. It, it's definitely my favorite scene of the film because it's definitely showing Rick has, uh, has definitely come a long way in such a short time in the film. Yeah. You know, he's got now he's got confidence. He's got a new look. But the biggest thing is the fact of his confidence level. And he fully peaks at his confidence level once he asks out Deb to the prom and she says yes. You know, uh, what I love bef- while that scene before the table thing happened is the two geeks. They say approaching carbon based douchebag. <laughs> yeah. I laugh so hard at that because I never heard that line before until now you know it's like i've seen this movie many times but i've never caught that they said that and i thought it was totally it was totally awesome so they're in the guy's bathroom and you know they're having the talk and he and terry's taking the spaghetti off and then terry takes the hair and puts it behind the ears so have you had any friends sir that uh are not uh you know for the male population but have physically touched you and put your hair behind your ear and yeah that was weird i i picked up on that too it's like oh your your hair looked so nice and she tucks his hair behind his ears like oh that's did, did Jason ever do that to you that's strange uh not that i can remember All right so uh, yeah that would be uncomfortable yeah so you guys had a pretty you had a great relationship but you kind of stayed you know you had you had your own space right you weren't uh, invading each other's space and yeah taking the hair okay you know i, I i'm sure uh, i haven't had any like that so i i kind of thought it would kind of raise some red flags for rick during that scene but he probably was you know he's probably kind of in shock for everything that happened really but 
I do find that scene to be pretty hilarious, actually. So, so let's talk about uh, Buddy coming up to, you know, during the scene, the first time he shows up before he gets the food on him, and he starts to talk about uh, Covina. You know, hey. Covina, yeah. Covina called, because obviously it's her man, uh, you know, that was calling Greg or Kevin. And uh, he's trying to let Rick know the truth, but being very sly about it. And you could just hear, goodbye, buddy. I love that, you know. He, oh, he's so good. He has such a hairy chest. Go ahead. Go ahead, Terry. Hairy chest, you know. He's a real stallion. Real stallion. I love that, man. It's absolutely hilarious. So, good times. And what I love is after the scene where uh, Zapka gets all the food on him, and Deborah's like, you know what? Terry was right. You are an a-hole. And then he said, that a-hole, call me an a-hole. Absolutely priceless, man. <laughs> it's good. What do you think of that, man? Isn't that funny or what? Yeah, it is good, man. That's what I'm saying. He has all the funny lines. It's true. Well, that one was by Zapka, though. That's, oh, that's right, yeah. Because Deb, Deb's breaking up with him and says, you know what? Terry's right. You are an a-hole. And that Zapka says, that a-hole, call me an a-hole. You know, that that was definitely his best line of the film. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Here's my dumb question for you that I've always had a problem with. So Rick goes up to Deborah, asks her out to the prom, right? And Terry gets all excited. You know, she's all about, okay, go ask somebody. It'll be the last time I ask you. As soon as he goes up to Deb, and then she says, yeah, she gets all mad. Why did you even want him to go ask somebody out? You know, and then. Yeah, she was instantly jealous. Yeah, it's I was very confused by that. I mean, is it like she thought that everybody's going to say no? Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was like, you should try it for your confidence. But, you know, he's going to get rejected. And then when they when Deb was like, sure. It's like, oh, no, what did I do? Okay. So maybe that's where it's coming from because this is the it's the one scene of the film that really I have a hard time dealing with because I don't really get any answers on that one. I'm just mm-hmm. what you know, what's the motivation behind the frustration there? And I guess it starts to build up where she says, yeah, you know, her friend calls her out. You really like this guy. No, I don't. He's just a experiment, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I think you're right. I think that's where the jealousy finally starts to kick in and she really realizes I actually am falling for this guy. So, I mean, maybe you're right. That's probably where it starts to go, you know, go in the way of uh, her love and Rick. Right. All right. I do love what Denise says to her. Will you, you know, will you go with me to prom? You're so sexually confused. (laughs) Hilarious. I don't know why I've always did that part. That's why. Uh, that's like one of the body lines I love. He's like, "You transvestites are so confusing." Oh man! And she's like, "You know what? The worst part is, you're the best date I've had in weeks." You know, I I do love that. It's too bad this girl, man. I really, who I thought she was, you'll never believe who I thought she was. I had to look her up. I thought she became the blonde on SVU. Who? The, which which girl? The new partner to the guy from Cold Case. You know? No, but which which girl are you talking about on the? Deborah, Terry. Oh, Deborah. Okay. Because she looks just like um, the girl from SVU, Ice T's partner. Yeah. I was like, is that her? So I looked her up, but she only did like three things after this, and that was it. So, but she looks so much like her. It was crazy, and the age bracket kind of matched up. So I thought, okay, yeah, she looks the age that she would be at this point in time. But there you go. So, 
Um, one of a kind, my bro. Don't you love that line? That what? <laughs> yeah, he's one of a kind. He's my bro. You love that one. That one's good times. Okay, dress to kill. So this scene, this is where Terry she puts on uh, Kevin's favorite outfit. She's done the makeup. She's done the hair, the earrings. She puts on the boots, and uh, that's where everything's going good. And of course, Sandy shows up. So she instantly gets rid of the clothes. She goes downstairs, and Kevin's like. I thought you said you'd be dressed to kill and you are not dressed to kill. And I love buddy in the background making fun of him. Yeah. And Kevin puts the hand on his face and like pushes him away. He's like, you're not dressed to kill. You know, that's when you fully know the character. I mean, this guy's officially peaked at like pure doucheness. Right. Right. So, oh man. Dressed to kill too, by the way, in her finest eighties fashion man was that just that just screamed this is 1985 i loved it you're talking the the white dress right yeah the white the white skirt with the white everything white it's just some of this i mean and then sandy shows up looking like like she's dressed up for as madonna for halloween right and uh that white dress reminded me of uh can't buy me love the white uh, suede dress that gets the the wine on it it looks just like that. I mean, it's not like that, but like the color scheme and everything. I mean, that totally reminded me of Can't Buy Me Love. So that's that's another phenomenal movie, sir, don't you say? That is, uh, yeah, that's uh, my, uh, I can't reveal it. But yes, it is oh, very high on my list. On your guilty pleasures list. No, not on the guilty pleasures. Different list, different list. Oh, sorry. Is that a tease for Mojo or what? Uh, coming Coming this way eventually, yes. Okay, so sneak preview coming soon to your local theater. <laughs> Joe is where does Can't Buy Me Love fall on Jameson's list? Right. Right. Okay. All right. I will have to trademark that. I guess put that in the uh, in the intro. So be on the. <laughs> awesome. So I do like how Terry calls out Kevin. You know, they're in the car. Is that all you care about? Is how I look? You know. And he's like, no, that's not all I care about. You know, I'm just, what is up with this article? I, I really like this because she finally is realizing the kind of jerk that Kevin really is all about, you know? Because yeah. earlier in the film, she's frustrated. She's pouring out her heart to Kevin. All he's about doing is, why is this thing double knotted? And he's kissing her neck and she's kind of smiling. And then he tells the joke about being a fireman. And she just kind of fluffs, fluffs it off. But at this point, she's reached her full frustration level. I dig that. Good. Right. You know, it's finally the character is finally coming to resolve of, you know, this guy's a jerk. Get rid of him. Move on kind of thing. So it's like her feelings for, uh, you know, for Rick are, are coming to fruition for, for real. So. All right, man. Uh, we got to talk about the fight at the prom, man. This is a bad fight, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh, man. I mean, Zavka. I mean, I, well, first, first he reaches uh, reaches into his tuxedo jacket, pulls out the weightlifting gloves, so you know it's on. Right. It's go time, and uh, so he's he's had he's had enough of Rick with his girl Deb, and uh, sucker punches Rick, right? Right. I I mean, who knew that Rick could fight? By the way. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing is I mean, so Zabka taps him on the shoulder like, "Let me break break in on this," and then sucker punches him. 
And so Terry jumps on his back. And if nobody knew that Terry was a girl, it, you should have known by these screams when uh, Zapka picked her up and threw her into the ocean. Good point. You know, it was, it was definitely not that of a guy. And then Buddy comes in because Buddy shows up with, with Kevin, right? So Buddy jumps in, jumps on his back. Zapka throws him in the ocean. Where do these guys learn to fight? <laughs> Like, how many of these people have got to fight? And then Rick comes in, and all of a sudden, Rick is like Joe Lewis. Rick's throwing lefts and rights and just takes takes Zabka out. Right. I mean, I could see, like, if he was infatuated instead of, like, James Brown, maybe Evander Holyfield or George Foreman or something, it would kind of seem, you know, oh, I've watched a lot of TV. I've studied this. But it's just kind of seemed random that he knew how to fight, you know? I didn't. Why didn't he ever stand up to Zabka before if he knew how to fight so well? That oh my gosh! You know, it's like he's been taking beatings. It's been it's been shown when he's hiding in the bushes that he's been taking beatings from him for years. I guess. Very like, but you can just you just throw lefts and rights and he goes down. Like, what what was that, dude? That is a very good point, man. You just ruined this fight for me, man. <laughs> Why'd you have to throw logic in there? What is wrong with you? Sorry. Throw logic in a movie? What's wrong? <laughs> uh, but you're right though um, I guess at this point you gotta go along with it but uh, at least give me a fight that looks good choreography wise so, yeah. dude he's throwing punches at Zabka, uh, Zabka and he's he's knocking his head back and the, the fist hasn't even hit his face man that's what I love is Zabka's face just going back and forth <laughs> just his head bobbing up and down as he's taking these phantom punches yeah phantom punches that's it the good one yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there were some good things in the fight that I liked, but I don't know. Most of it was pretty terrible. So yeah. I was like, give me a better one. So the big reveal scene, man. The first time I saw this, I was kind of in shock, to be honest with you. Very first time I saw it. And I think I saw this as a youngin. So, man, I mean, if you're going to. If you're going to reveal it, man, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the way to do it. So it was a nice reveal. <laughs> don't let your wife hear that part. Ah, she knows she watched it with me this morning. Okay. She's off there, right? Okay. So do they do that and she's the man? No. No? No. Or for kitties, right? Yes. Okay, gotcha. I should yeah, she's I think she was underage at the time, so no, that would be gross. Oh, okay. What was the uh how was the reveal in that movie? Spoiler alert. Uh it was tame. Because that when her brother showed up and she was pretending to be her brother and her brother showed up in the same place and was like, but wait, but you were, and then he's here, but you, that doesn't make sense. That was about it. So, um, when, uh, you know, they kind of break up, she goes home and she types up the story. I hate typewriters, man. I talked about this earlier. I can't stand them, man. I think <laughs> we don't have typewriters anymore. Do you remember using a typewriter, man? Oh yeah. Make one error start over or you had to use white out and if yeah. you didn't position it right you know you do like a whole paragraph and you would be like a centimeter off and you'd have to do it all over again terrible man terrible how did anybody ever use the typewriter ridiculous oh i'm glad that was banished with technology oh terrible <laughs> all right so um what i love is when terry goes back to school and uh, her and Denise are talking, and one of the preppies, er, uh, preppies earlier in the film, like way early in the film, and it's like, hey, I read your article. Would you like to go out Saturday? No, I need more time. Okay, how about Sunday? Is that enough time for you? Yeah. 
<laughs> I love that. It's hilarious. And I feel bad for the other kid though. Yeah. The kid that the other kid that had asked her out earlier in the movie, and she's like, no, and no thanks. And now, okay, so it's been established that you want she's Terry's a like a regular girl, a girl who's got regular problems. She's a regular girl. She's not super snobby. This kid comes up to her, is like, man, I really liked your article. That was great that what you said about being yourself and not trying to be anything that you're not. And blah blah blah. And she's like, thanks. And he's like, you know, I have the same problem. Would you like to go out sometimes? She's like, nope. <laughs> Like, man, I'm still not good enough for you. <laughs> All right, let, let's be honest. We're at the end of the film. Would you really want her to say yes? I mean, sure. Sequel. Sequel? Oh, no, man. You can't have a sequel to this film. Just one of the guys, part two. Exactly. She just goes from school to school doing this act. She turns into, oh, she turns into a con man, and now she's going out dressed as a guy. This thing writes itself. It's so easy. Yeah. Hey, Knox. I mean, you're going off the rails here, man. <laughs> All right, dude. So uh, finally we get to the end and uh, and shows up. Rick shows up, says, hey, read your article. You still feel that way about me? And I like how she asked him out. And he's like, look, I'm the guy here. Can I ask you out instead? You know, that was good. Yeah. So what'd you think of the randomness of Buddy with the bike? That is wild. Way random, right? Yeah, so there's he drives, he comes pulling up with Terry's car to pick her up from her job at the Tribune and turns around and Rick is there. And so she goes with Rick and Buddy's just standing there and they're like, Buddy, get in the car. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes this chick on a motorcycle, comes pulling up and just stops. And Buddy just jumps on the back of her bike and they take off. Like, what? I mean, it's funny. It's cool to see Buddy is kind of a chick magnet now, you know? Uh, you know, girls want what they can't have, I guess, right? So, right. Um, so yeah. Um, overall, sir, for rating, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say for your final rating on this one. I'm gonna let you go first, man, because I'm actually up in the air depending on what you say. <laughs> oh no, that's not good. I'm kind of curious what I have it ranked at. I, I'm kind of at a very strong three and a half week four. I'm more leaning towards the strong three and a half just because this is definitely a movie of its time, but there are some few really bad acting scenes and a kind of some randomness, like the fighting and uh, the fight is the biggest problem. I'm kind of okay with buddy with the biker chick. It kind of fits his character, but the random, like how did Rick know how to fight, which is kind of out of left field kind of thing. But, uh, I'm kind of, I'm really at like a strong three and a half, very weak four. I, uh, yeah, I was kind of, I'm a little bit below you. I was kind of torn between a three and a three and a half. I think a three and a half is a fair score. It's a fun movie and it holds up. I mean, this movie is what? 25 years old. Yeah, it came out in, uh, 85. Yeah. So it's 27 years old. It holds up pretty good, man. And it's, and like I say, I enjoy this genre of movie, um, and so it is. It is good. It's probably one of the better done movies as far as that kind of genre. And it's it's good, man. I enjoy it. Buddy's hilarious. Like you say, without Buddy though, I think this would drop a full star. Uh, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm more than happy to go with a strong three and a half as my final score. I still agree with you. It holds up to this day. Uh, but yeah, totally. If Buddy was not in this film, pff, see you later, man. It's a it's a B movie then. I think you know, just kind of one of those throwaways. Yeah, and. To me, Ladybugs is the second best. I mean, it could almost be better than this. I'd have to rewatch it. But, you know, Ladybugs, I've always loved that movie. 
So, man, I it's hard to say if Ladybugs is better than this one. I kind of want to say that this is the mom and Ladybugs is the daughter. Is yeah, haven't watched Ladybugs, She's the Man, and Just One of the Guys all within the last two months, I think. Um, I think this one is better. Okay, excellent. Uh, good. Then And then I'm not off my rocker on that one. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. So good. Cause I, it's been a long time since I watched, um, you know, ladybugs and man. And I even remember him in sidekicks, man. He was great in that movie. Which yeah. Norris, man, Jonathan, uh, what was his name? Was Brandis. He was in Sequest, and man, he's going to be a mist, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy with that three and a half, sir. I definitely agree with your score. I'm, I'm going to go with the same, same as you, sir. So very good. So let's hear what the STL nation has to say. Let's do it. All right, so just like Big Bang Theory, Tawana wrote in like seven emails for just one of the guys. <laughs> so we'll go with number eight, and uh, here's what she had to say. What is up, Masunis and the STL Nation? Because, you know, it wasn't official you are going to be on here. so but I won't take it as a slam. It's all Well, you're part of the STL Nation, sir. That's so true. There true you enough. Go. So just one of the guys is one of my absolute favorite movies from the 80s. I have seen it a dozen times, if not more. And hey, if only the second movie featuring both the great soundtrack and Sherilyn Fenn, then you have that you have reviewed Masunis. Uh, that's great. The other one is The Wraith. Just one of the guys is also one of the uh, one of the only handful of these 80s movies besides Summer School or 16 Candles, maybe that features minor characters such as Willie and Phil, who are sort of this geeky comedy duo. Uh, they make this film just that much more enjoyable and hard to forget. The gym teacher and reptile are good times too. And who doesn't love Buddy with all his shenanigans? Horny will kick embarrassment to ass every time. That's right. So right, Buddy. You said it. And let's not forget about uh, Clayton Royner and uh, Deborah Goodrich, who played Rick and Deborah. They can also be seen together in a movie called April Fool's Day, which I know we re- we didn't really talk about Deborah too much, but I don't yeah, know. She was, yeah, because she was minor character. Yeah, she's, I mean, definitely, to me, she's even more minor than the two alien geek guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty decent flick. Check it out uh, this April, Mike, if you haven't seen it. Uh, last but not least, we have Joyce Heiser, who plays Terry. I like this movie so much, I was very surprised she hasn't been in many movies since Just One of the Guys. But I did spot her recently in the music video for I Can Dream About You, which is the main track from another 80s movie called Streets of Fire, which I did watch that music video. It was good times. Hmm. Uh, I had randomly looked up the song on the internet one day and uh, was shocked to find her playing a jukebox. I was like, Terry. So I give this one four and a half stars. Wow. Uh, She loved this one more than us. So good times. More power to her. That's awesome. There you go. Needless to say, I'm looking forward to your review of this great film, Mike. I am sure you will do it justice. All right, that is it for now. See you online. Take care. Diversity. So thank you so much, Tawana, for writing in on that one. Good times. I agree. All right, we have uh, one final email, sir. And uh, can you guess who this one is? Is it from Lisa? You got it. Lisa the legend. There you go. She's like, hi, y'all. So you are on a roll with episodes lately. 
I am uh, digging getting into some great movies you're reviewing. I think you hit it out of the park with Hiding Out. Thank you very much. Uh, I had a blast doing that episode. Uh, good one. I, I guess I never realized how many people hadn't seen that episode or hadn't seen that movie. I had always loved John Cryer, so I never thought people hadn't seen that. I thought I had a copy of Morgan Stewart's Coming Home to send you, but alas, I don't. I think uh, it's a forgotten one and one of his biggest roles, like in Pretty in Pink. And uh, it's truly epic, which I agree. So, yeah, I can't find Morgan Stewart's Coming Home anywhere. And that's hmm. that's an awesome movie. So. Uh, I am pretty. Uh, I am psyched to hear just one of the guys reviewed. It's a great '80s movie and had that cheese factor that managed to play off throughout the whole movie. I think you had a storyline you went with more than uh, more of the time than than. Uh, yeah, I think you had a storyline you went with more of the time than really believed, but it still worked. That's what you said. Uh, I am forever seeing someone in movies and trying to place them from one from one from other ones. My BFF and I have a back and forth discussion on this all the time. I know that Joyce Heiser uh, placed uh, played in other movies before she got her break here, but I can't say she stuck out uh, from what I could uh, place her in. I know she was in Valley Girl. As for Clayton Rohner, I didn't pick him out of much stuff before this, but He's been in tons of stuff after that. I can always pick him out. Billy Zane was such a huge child actor. I remember him from uh, some more stuff. Uh, his was in Silver Spoon. Parker Lewis can't lose. That's it. He was also in uh, Silver Spoons. Nice. And uh, that's funny that you were doing STL word game. That was hilarious. That just popped up on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Um and uh, I know you're going. You're not going to forget and mention William Zabka was the bully as well as uh, Arnie Gross. I thought it was hilarious how they started the movie. Joyce Heisner spoiled. Ditsy Girl really helped sell the movie. I can uh, I can have a deep theory on. Her boyfriend is a scummy guy. I think they wanted us not to like him and talk about a super win. And I admire her journalist teacher and pushing her to do better. I think it was a little far-fetched that you never saw the parents and that they never seemed to care what was going on with their kids. I think Buddy was my favorite out of everyone, which I agree. Uh, he seemed to be the funniest as well, the most personality. I like the storyline in general. I love the links she goes to keep them from finding out uh, to win her contest. And you have to love Buddy's room as well as Rick's 60 phase. I look forward to hearing your critique and funny little scenes. Also, you can't forget its counterpart that came out a few years later of just one of the girls, which I love. You can't go wrong with my man Corey Haim and his girlfriend for a number of years, Nicole Eggert. Do you remember that one, sir? Yep. Okay. Um, take care, Lisa the Legend. P.S. Uh, can I put in a suggestion for an extra episode, maybe even on a premium feed, Zapped and Zapped Again? So, Have you ever heard Who's of that, that one? Zapped is a good movie. I've never seen Zapped again. Okay. Zapped and Zapped again. Okay. Um, Zapped is uh, Scott Bale. That's right. Okay. Scott Bale. Uh, you know, in regards to the uh, the premium episode stuff, uh, yeah, that's kind of up in the air right now. There's kind of some issues that I'm having and uh, time has been kind of crazy. So I can't say the premium stuff, even though I said it was going to be free. It's going to 100% happen. So let's just take it, uh, take it from here. Baby so. steps. 
Yeah, baby steps. Uh, but uh, that is it for our emails. Thank you guys so much for writing in. So uh, let's get to the music spotlight, sir. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So, sir, Music Spotlight, I'm very excited to have you on for this one, sir. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a new skillet because we got to wait another month for that. Yeah. Our boys are dropping a new album, and uh, it's going to be awesome. But Can't wait. Uh, kind of uh, a little, um, kind of talking about from CCP, your boy is Justin Timberlake. Is that right, sir? That is true. All right. So, pulling back the curtain a little bit. Uh, your boy, uh, not your boy, but Jameson and myself, we had a good uh, hour and a half debate of Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty heated discussion, I might add. So uh, I don't know who won that discussion. I think we decided to go with the draw. Yeah. But, but uh, we both agreed 100% that Justin Timberlake is awesome. And uh, if anything, he's definitely the replacement to Michael Jackson, as a lot of people have said. Um, what I wanted to do, sir, since this is probably like your last episode uh, for a while, I figured I'd play Justin Timberlake's song for you, sir, because, you know, that's your boy and all. Um, I'm hoping you go with Cry Me a River because that's my favorite, but I'll leave the throne up to you, sir, on this pick. Oh, man, I can pick anything? You can pick any Justin Timberlake song you want, man. Just make, oh. you know, just, you know, make sure it's decent, man. Make sure <laughs> just, there's, just, you there's, know. there's no ripping of Janet Jackson's boobs or anything, you know what I'm saying? So, uh-huh, so uh-huh. yeah, make make it clean if you can, sir. But, yeah, any Justin Timberlake song you want, sir, uh, as a way to uh, kind of let you go out on a high note since it'll probably be a while since you podcast, so. Man, all right, so I'm kind of torn between two right now. All right, what you got? I, I like what goes around comes around. That's that's a great one for me. All right. I also do. I'll, I like Cry Me a River. Hey, and go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. I say since since, since you say Cry, Cry Me a River is your favorite, I, I, that'll be my tiebreaker. Let's go with that. I I don't want to I don't want to persuade you. I mean, I know that we sent a text saying that you know. I think Cry Me River is in my top five pop songs of all time. Now, look, I mean, this is just like we talked about earlier. Having to narrow down my my favorite Justin Timberlake songs, it's it's hard. I, I have no shame in saying that, that I, lo- I love his music. So um, I, I do love his music and his acting. Uh, you know, NSYNC, I, I, there's definitely some fun NSYNC songs that I like. You know, our boy Jason's like, they both suck. You know that, that he that was he was definitely getting in the conversation, but I think a lot of people do respect Justin Timberlake a lot, a lot, of, especially on Saturday Night Live. They can't. Well, and just yeah, and like I was just about to say, man, tonight the night we're recording, he's on Saturday Night Live hosting and musical guest. Awesome, and uh, he he's been out for a while, so he's coming back. I know you're not really digging the new single too much, but yeah, but you know what? I think it's one of those that I got to listen to a little more to kind of because it is a a very different sound than what he's had before. Yeah. It's much more of a uh, of a jazzy kind of sound to it, a little bit, a little Motown added into it. I think it's one of those you got to listen to a little bit and really get into it. But for me, Cry Me a River is my favorite. I I played it on Underground Hour, but I've never showcased it as a music spotlight song. And nice. It's still, it's always been my favorite. I think the video, the video is embedded in my head. Every yeah. time I, I listen to this song, I can see the video beat for beat 
scene by scene. You know, it's kind of like Aha's Take On Me, which is my favorite music video of all time. By the way, I wanted to say something because when I was listening to your Linkin Park episode, Underground Hour, you said that that Aha Take On Me is, is your favorite music video of all time. And I uh, I just wanted, I, in my head while I'm listening to it, I concur 100%. I have said this multiple times before that that's the best video ever made. Awesome. And I've been reading this book um the last couple of weeks called I want my MTV. And it's basically a, a the telling of M- it's like this 600 page book. It's ridiculous, but it's telling the entire history of MTV from the origins all the way through. And uh, right now I'm only up to like 1989 in this book, but um, they spend like a whole chapter talking about that video and how it was the most groundbreaking video that and thriller were like the biggest groundbreaking videos for MTV at the time. That is awesome. You know, what's really cool. After I said that Watson messaged me, he's like, dude, that is my favorite music video of all time. It's in my iPod right now. It's great, man. I, I remember the night I turned 21, uh, the last bar we went to, which I don't know how I remember this, but we went to a karaoke bar, and that was the first karaoke song I ever did. Was because I think it was because I opened it up and opened up the book, and that was the first line, aha, you know, like, let's do that. Right. That's a really hard song to do in karaoke, by the way. That last note, when they go high, that hurts. Well, it's funny. It wasn't until about maybe seven years ago where I finally found out what he says. You know, uh, I'll be gone in a day or two. It was yep. it's like, what the hell is he saying right there? It's always like, take on me, you know? And it's like, okay, what is he saying in the high note? And I could <laughs> never find it until I finally found it's I'll be gone in a day or two. I was like, yep. oh, that's what he says. Awesome. And now I can totally hear it now that I know what the words are. But uh, that's awesome, man. I, dude, that is so cool. I mean, that. see, that's why we're friends. <laughs> so. Take on me brings us together. Yeah. Good times. So Yeah, let's do some Cry Me River, man. I'd, I'd love to hear that. That's a great song. Excellent, excellent, excellent choice, sir. Uh, stupendous, 100% excellent choice, sir. Could be your best of uh, of all the choices we've done so far, man. <laughs> what I am looking forward to, though, is when uh, you come on for the Rocky 3, Rocky 4 episode, we get to do some Skillet as our music spotlight, sir. Some yeah. new Skillet, man, and I can't wait, Holmes. It's going to be good. be a good time. So, all right, man. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and pimp some stuff and then right. call it a day. All right, first thing I want to pimp is the STL word game. How cool is that, man? We're going on round three, suckers. Round three, brother. We have 629 comments as of this recording right now. And this is after having over 1,000 in round two. And didn't we have 600 in round one? Uh, yeah, it was like five, 600 in the first round. It, it has been a lot of fun. I've been... I was bumming because here round three comes around. Everybody's playing. We got these new cool rules set in place. And then my phone gets all jacked up uh-huh. and I can't play for like two days. It was bumming me out. It wasn't updating. So all I was seeing was mine and, and John G's post. And that was it. Oh man. We got We got to talk about this. The word game is only for people in the STL nation, Facebook group. It's so exclusive. It's exclusive. But so. Anybody can play. Just join. Exactly. Uh, just type in the STL Nation to Facebook. There you go. And essentially, we started off as any normal word game. You you lay down a movie and you build off that. So like, and it was just it started so so calmly. Just Tawana one day, like, hey, I'm bored. Anybody want to play a game? Right. And Sunday, boom, it was a Sunday. I'll never forget. 
and uh, she did uh, essentially as an example if you put blade you do like swordfish you know you just kind of build off the same either name or or, meet or an idea or, or yeah ever uh, sometimes things got out of hand and we had to put things back in order but uh, after we hit 500 you uh, mr. Uh, punk over here won round one. <laughs> Well, Tawana declared me the winner. You know, she says I got flair. I can't argue. It's true. So then we decided to do round two, and I said, well, uh, why don't we kind of mix it up a little bit and add some TV and music in there? Uh, because, you know, uh, doing an all-TV word game would be pretty difficult and uh, wouldn't be as much fun, and music would be so cool to kind of build off of. So right. we had a 1,000 posts within about four or five days, yeah. and that was with four or five people playing. I mean, it was yeah. great. I mean, my phone... My wife's be like, why do you have 47 emails in the past three minutes? Oh, it must be the word. You got, you got the emails coming in on each one? Every one. I have my oh. uh, notifications sent to – because Facebook doesn't always load it, so I have everything sent to my email. So nice. I, I look at my iPhone, and I see 147 emails. I'm like, must be the word game, and it's the only one. Uh, and then finally you won round two again. Right. Oh, my gosh. This guy's terrible, people. We need to shoot him. But explain so, how you win. I, just for people that don't know, explain how you win this game. Creativity. You came up with the most crazy comebacks that half of the time I'd be like, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I can't build off that. I'm, I'm done. Seriously. You had some awesome ones. And, uh, and you, I, I mean, it was pretty much between you. Tawana and uh and John the mailman always yeah. had awesome stuff. Yeah. And then I thought I had some good ones, but you know you did. it was it was pretty good. Now round three wanted to make this difficult because we wanted to do you had to build off of if you do a movie, the next post either has to be TV or music. You can't do no more movies building off movies, music. Yeah, you can't go back to back with the same Right. Movie, music, or whatever it is. And then you have to list it. TV show, music. And if you list music, you have to name the band. Very few people have missed I Don't Know Who Sings It. Most people are on the money and know who it is. But yeah. it's been very difficult. The game's a lot slower now, but yeah. it's more creative. So the rules is you got to get a 1,000 posts. You have to build off of movies, music, and TV. And uh, Beat Jameson are the three rules. So Yeah, and then... Yeah, that's where the three rules is beat me, and then I can't even play the game for two days. That's right. Your phone got jacked. I remember a couple weeks ago, my Facebook was I was deleted from every page that I own. Uh, my my work, my wife, my family all deleted, and you were like, "Dude, it's fine. I can totally see everything." And, yeah, that's weird. And it took like four hours, and then Facebook restored back to the way it was. So. Yep. Yeah, very weird. I ended up having to leave the group. You sent me a text message like, what are you doing? Why are you leaving the group? Why'd you leave twice already? What's your problem? Like, I'm done with this. You guys suck. <laughs> no, but yeah, that was weird. So it's it's fun. So that's the first thing I want to pimp is that STL game, man, the word game. It's fun. You guys are awesome. All all Everybody that's playing that game, is it's, it's fun seeing where people go with things and how their minds work, how they see things. And like, I'll, I'll try and set things up. But what's really fun is like, there was a couple with Tawana where in the second game where I kind of laid one down, hoping like I'd know what I would play off of this. And here she comes with it. Boom. It's exactly what I was hoping for. Awesome. That's what I'm like. This, that's fun. You know, it is. And uh, you had a birthday recently. And we, uh, we all wished you a happy birthday in the nation. That was good times. 
Yeah, I couldn't see any of it, but I'm, it was great. That was the day my see? I think it's, that's right because I said happy birthday to you. That's funny. Yeah, that was the day it went out. The only post I could see was yours. I I get notifications like so and so said something to you, and I'm like oh, and I'd look and it wouldn't even be there. So whatever. I appreciate all the warm wishes. Like you guys are awesome. That's awesome. Good times. Um, yeah. Otherwise, everybody everybody go check out Movie Mojo Monthly. We had a lot of fun. Like Mike said, we had Jason from Film and Focus and Flicks, and 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 he was guested on the STL before. He joined us for one of our episodes talking about the new Die Hard movie. And then we had uh, an episode just come out the other night for our Oscar review. So my, go check those out. My favorite's when Jason says, you know what's bad when Masunas doesn't even want to watch it. That was my <laughs> favorite of the whole episode. I loved it. That was good. That was about pain and gain. That was good times. But uh, yeah, it was that was good, man. I know you were a little worried about the sound, but I thought it sounded fine. So Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, that, it was good times. I loved the episodes. It was great. And uh, hopefully, sir, you'll be able to do a new one, but uh, it's hard to say, man. Yeah, we will see, man. We will see. We uh, got a lot of changes going on in the mojo. You, you might be uh, missing an action for a little while with the little one puking all over you and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> True enough. Looking forward. Yeah, I bet you're looking forward to that, huh? So. Oh, man. Yeah, it's only been seven years since I had a baby in the house. It's going to be great. Man, dude, having to rebuy all that stuff had to suck, dude. You ain't lying, man. Oh, I wish I could have sent you some because I got tons of baby clothes, man. I got tons of girl baby clothes. Yeah, we have no girls, so it's starting from scratch. Oh, I mean, I wish I would have thought about this earlier. I could have mailed you a bunch of crap, dude. Yeah, well. Oh, well, what are you going to do? So, (laughs) Well, uh, as far as STL goes, uh, we are officially done with the mini episodes, if you will, to get to the road to 100. Uh, starting next week is the Lethal Weapon series, and I cannot wait uh, for those movies. They're all solid. I can't wait to talk about them. And uh, after Lethal Weapon, we'll hit the Rocky series, and by then, things should kind of chill out for Jameson to roll into number three and four. Heck yeah. And then after the Rocky series comes the uh, real Karate Kid remake, Never Back Down. And uh, that's episode 99, and then episode 100 is the big one, the Karate Kid, the one that Jameson and I plan on spending about four, four and a half hours on. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like a five-parter. Yeah. So get your popcorn, get ready, because it's going to be a long one. It's probably going to be the longest episode in podcast history. You've been warned. You've been warned. So get ready for the storm, because it's coming. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. If you want to write in, please do so. SweepDelayPodcastYahoo.com. Uh, if you want to like us on Facebook, which this guy over here, he's like America's co-host, and he still hasn't even liked the STL page. Can you believe that, folks? Haven't I? Come on. Yeah, I have. You have not. You like the changing channels, but you have not liked the Sweep Delay Podcast page. I'm dead serious. I've even looked for your full name, and you're not there. Really? You, you're on Twitter. You follow Twitter, but if you type in Sweep Delay Podcast, it'll say, like? You've never liked the page, man. That's, That's funny. kind of upset at you for a long time about that. Hey, what do you know? Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told you. You're- I'm self-loathing. I'm self-loathing, man. I don't especially love the things I'm part of. Yeah, you're like... Uh, you're part of the STL Nation, part of the group and all, but you can't like the page. What's up with that? So. That's funny. All right, I like it. I'm part of the I'm part of the gang now. All right, good deal. You're officially cemented. Woo! 
But yeah, if you want to write in, it's stlpodcast at gmail.com because everything seems to go to Gmail over Yahoo or at uh, sweetbladepodcast.yahoo.com. Now, on iTunes, I only have uh, 21 ratings currently. And, uh, Let's do better than that, people. Yes, please. I do have uh, 18 five stars, but some jabroni gave me one star. We got to kind of boost that up a little bit if we can. So, uh, but the last the last one was amazing with best uh, single podcast, Mike. I mean, whatever. It was amazing. That review was stellar. So please go on the iTunes review, rate the show. That'd be great. And then if you can't find Movie Mojo Monthly, it's the first podcast at the very bottom that says nice. other listeners have listened to. Actually, it's Changing Channels and then Movie Mojo Monthly. So I like it. Good times. So uh, I think that's it, sir. I think that's a wrap. So thank you for joining me this afternoon on Changing Channels and just one of the guys, man. It was fun, dude. Lots of it fun. It was a blast, man. Thank you for having me on. And uh, it was fun. I'm going to go get me some hot tea. Tea. I'm going to give me some sweet tea. I'm going to go clean this nasty house that my children have destroyed while I was podcasting. So Nice. Good times. All right, guys. Will you all have a great one, and I will see you whenever. I, I don't, Hopefully next week because it's a busy time in the Masunas household. That's all I got to say. So you'll get it when you get it. So there you yeah. go. All right, man. Will you guys uh, take care? Masunas out.
Come on.